Live from ClickOrlando.com, this is News 6. This is a News 6 Plus takeover. Here now is Matt Austin and Ginger Gadston with Florida's Fourth Estate. It was eight years ago today the disappearance of two teens off Jupiter Inlet made headlines. New at 11, the Coast Guard is now focusing on a spot out in the Atlantic in the search for two South Florida teens who didn't come home from a fishing trip. Austin Stefanos and Perry Cohen, both 14, were best friends who loved the water. On July 24, 2015, the boys set out on a 19-foot single-engine fishing boat. They were never seen or heard from again. I was seated at the kitchen table across from the Admiral of the United States Coast Guard. As he uttered words that no parent could possibly prepare themselves to hear. Tomorrow, we'll be holding a press conference to publicly announce that the search is being called off. Perry was Philip Cohen's only child. Now this dad had to find a way to come back from the pain of losing his son. The period that followed was indescribably painful. Thoughts like, I'm not a father anymore. He also had to find a way to grieve his son, but also live his own life. Like even years later, after the incident, I found myself worried that I might be judged for posting a picture of myself on social media. And it made me wonder, is there a certain amount of time that needs to pass before it would be considered socially acceptable for me to be seen smiling again? His TED Talk on a new way of grieving has been viewed hundreds of thousands of times. Today on Florida's Fourth Estate, Philip Cohen opens up about how helping others grieve has helped him survive after an unthinkable tragedy. So often in Ginger and I's line of work and being journalists in the news, we cover these stories. Many of them are terrible. They're the worst time in a family's life. And very rarely do we get to go back in and check in and see how these families are doing many years later. But it just so happens that recently Ginger was online and she found a TED Talk that just reached out and grabbed her. And it was from one of the very families that we've covered years ago, Ginger. And then and you sent it to me. And then the next thing you know, we're all crying. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So I'm, you know, a, a lot of what we do, we cover what is tragic in people's lives. And Matt, you're right. We sometimes never go back. And whenever we get the opportunity to say, I wonder how that person is doing. And sometimes I think, you know, I, I don't think there are coincidences. Just one night I was online and I came across this TED Talk and I've watched it. I'm not even kidding. Probably half a dozen times. Uh, we want to bring on the person we're talking to right now. His name is Philip Cohen. And if that name does not sound familiar to you, his story and the story of what happened to his only son, his only child, Perry, will certainly sound familiar to you. And we'll get to that in just a moment. But I first want to say, Philip, thank you so much for agreeing to talk to us today. And we're so happy to see you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It really is a an honor and a privilege to be here with both of you this morning. And really, I'm just so grateful for the opportunity to share my story with you and, and your audience. So thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And just to remind people, to, as we share your story, it is one that we covered in our news cycle. And it happened. It was July 24th, 2015, where two young boys, best friends, actually. It was your son, Perry, and his best friend, 
Austin Stefanos. They went from Jupiter Inlet to go fishing on this 19-foot fishing boat. And it's just two go two guys having fun in the summertime, right? And then the unthinkable happens. They don't return. And then ensues the largest search, perhaps one of the largest search by the U.S. Coast Guard to find these two missing best friends. And we are captivated by this entire thing. And tragically, they have never been, been found. And, and Philip, I, first of all, I am so sorry that you lost your only child because it'll be eight years. And I would imagine that's a pain that is uh, un, unimaginable for a dad. Yes, yes, obviously. Losing a child has been known by and said by many to be arguably one of the most profound and painful things that a human being can endure. Um, yeah, so that time was was very, very difficult. Um, but God is good, and oftentimes he will take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it for good. And, and um, you know, that's the path that the Lord has me on now. Yeah, you're you're not just upright, which is what you know. We're almost hesitant to check back in with people after they've been through what you've been through, the unimaginable. But then when we got to see you years later, not just relatively healed yourself, but out healing other people with your words, we were we were really struck by that. So, so kind of, I guess, I guess, take us through the process because. Obviously, and, and you'll if you watch his TED talk, which I highly recommend you do, it is it's so good. And uh, but if you watch it, it, it was a process for you to start healing, and it wasn't the normal process that people saw. So uh, I guess take us back to that moment of you know, and it wasn't just you know the hard thing about a story like yours is, I mean it'd be terrible just to lose a child anyway, but but the fact that they couldn't find him and it was this long drawn out search and yes. then. Uh, in the ocean, and it was just uh, just a terrible thing. And one of the things that you said in your TED Talk that really grabbed me as a dad was, you said, am I even a dad anymore? You know, that (laughs) that just, it broke my heart for you. So in those moments after the fact, it just had to be impossible. Like the weight had to be just unbearable. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, to describe the moment is is nearly impossible. Um, I remember, you know, it's all been, it's all quite hazy, those first that week, that's really the main goal during that week for me was to just to keep the Coast Guard looking. Um, as you know, living in South Florida, like people go missing and they're you know paddle boarding, and maybe the Coast Guard might look for them for like a day or two. Yeah. Um, but you know they looked for for Perry and Austin for over a week. Um, so really, you know that was my main focus is to keep them looking because I knew that once they once they stopped, that would truly be truly be it. Um, so yes, you know, that, that moment was very difficult, uh, but you know, God is good. And, you know, I've, he's brought me through it. I quite honestly, I don't even know how people make this through, make it through something like this without, uh, without God. And it's ultimately, you know, my relationship with Jesus Christ that really helped me bring through this. Yeah. You know, you know, you, you have your faith to, to fall back on as well and, and you lean on it and rely on it, but you also had to do some, some heavy lifting of your own and some research. And the thing that I found so fascinating and that resonated with me is that we all grieve differently. And you found out that the five stages of grief was really not meant for those of us who are living. It really is meant 
for the people who are dying. And when you said that, it really, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, it's true because we're left behind and we don't know what to do. What was that revelation in that moment like for you realizing like my grief is different? Yeah, totally. You know, so prior to losing Perry, um, you know, I'd never lost anyone before. So I had no real experience with grief. So needless to say that suddenly losing the most precious person in my life uh, shattered my world in ways that are unimaginable. And, um, you know, I, there's no, obviously no class for something like this, no way to prepare. So I, I, I had no idea when I was you know, quote unquote, supposed to do. Um, so at one point I actually went online and I Googled how to grieve. And the only information that I could find, and even to this day, um, you know, searches are dominated by the five stages of grief. And um, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross herself, who actually developed this model, even acknowledged the limitations of applying these stages to bereavement, yet it's become widely popularized and misapplied so I did the, my TED talk and introduced what I call um, the grief continuum, which suggests that navigating grief isn't like navigating school, um, that we don't all start at the same place, graduate through the same stages to eventually arrive at the same destination, rather that grief would be more accurately represented on a continuum with, you know, with acceptance in the middle and negative emotions on this side and even positive things that can happen after acceptance. Um, and, you know, even after myself reaching acceptance and experiencing some positive emotions on the other side of acceptance, I could still, you know, watch a movie or hear a song and find myself in tears. And, and it doesn't mean that, you know, I'm grieving wrong. So I believe that grief, you know, is something that we move back and forth through forever from, you know, good to bad to good to bad. It's just this never ending cycle of back and forth um, as opposed to, you know, going from one step to another to reach this place where you then like, all right, I made it. Um, so, yeah, that was that's one of the reasons why I decided to give that talk, because so many people I've talked to you know, since then have felt the same way about the stages model. Um, so that's why I was hoping that that message would help other people. Stay with us as this conversation continues. After the break, Philip Cohen shares more on coping with loss and what he plans to do next to help even more people. I was seated at the kitchen table across from the Admiral of the United States Coast Guard. As he uttered words that no parent could possibly prepare themselves to hear. Tomorrow, we'll be holding a press conference to publicly announce that the search is being called off. We're sitting down with Philip Cohen, now eight years after his son disappeared on a boat off the coast of Florida, never to be seen again. He recently released a TED Talk that takes on transforming grief and healing after tragedy. And I think one of the reasons that a lot of people find themselves stuck in grief and um, unable to move on with their lives, even years have passed by, is because um, a lot of times we can become reluctant to let go of our grief because we believe that the pain that we feel of losing a loved one is the only thing that's keeping us connected to them. Um, and mm. in order for us to feel happy again, somehow would diminish the significance of the relationship that we had with them. And that's just not true. 
um, because uh, you know our relationship with our children or the ones that we love never ever dies, and ne- neither do our feelings for them. And and the fact is that I know with absolute certainty that Perry would not want me living my life curled up on a floor in mm-hmm. a dark room crying. I, I know that he would not want me to live that way, and I'm I'm pretty sure that you know anybody who's lost a loved one that that person that they lost wouldn't want them to feel that way either. So sometimes our, our grief can really be a way that we honor those people that we've lost. Um, so, you know, I, I, I believe that, you know, yes, you, you need to grieve. Um, in fact, I don't think that we actually heal from grief. I think grief is the healing, you know, and mm-hmm. I found, I've, it's been my, my, it's been my experience, especially with men that, you know, a lot of people have a tendency to push these things down and, and never actually face them. Um, um, but actually facing it was 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 the first step into actually beginning my healing. Yeah. And, you know, and just as someone who has lost people as well, it's almost upsetting when you hear other people laugh and have a good time because you're thinking, don't they know what I'm going through? But then you realize life goes on and they have no idea what you're going through at that particular moment. And so you just have to show them some grace and hopefully they'll show you the same kind of grace as well. So it is one of those things where it's like, it, when is it okay to laugh? When is it okay to go out and be seen in public? It, yeah. it is really a, a weird uh, conundrum that you find yourself in when you're grieving. And, uh, and I want to go back and revisit one of the things that you did mention. And this was the one that really was the gut punch. And, and Matt mentioned it earlier when you said, am I still a dad? Did you answer your own question? Absolutely. Yes. Um, yeah, that was definitely, a, you know, a big struggle for me in the beginning. Does this mean that, you know, I'm not a dad anymore because Perry was my only child. Um, but yes, I did answer my own question. I am a father. I will always be a father. Uh, Perry will always be my son. Um, there is nothing that can ever, ever uh, take away that connection. Um, it's for me, it's, you know, um, not goodbye rather, you know, until we meet again. Um, cause I, I know where my son is and, um, I'm very much looking forward to seeing him again when I get to where he is. Uh, so yes, I did answer the question and, um, yeah, that's, that's something that I will never lose. I will always be Perry's father and he will always be my son. Yeah. And you're clearly still fighting for him speaking out for him and putting his name out there to this day. So there, yes. there's absolutely no question that you are still doing that dad thing. <laughs> I, I wanted to ask for the rest of us, and we as journalists, unfortunately, we have to deal with families all the time uh, who are in uh, having the worst days of their lives. And, and we all have to deal with folks who are, who are grieving and going through unimaginable things. I want to know from your perspective, what are the best things that someone can do when they're talking to someone in that situation? And what are the dumbest things that we should avoid doing <laughs> that so many people, and including myself probably in the past, have done? Yeah. yeah, that's a great question. That is a great question. And, you know, people do some silly things. And, and, and I've come to realize that they don't mean it. People mm-hmm. who love you just don't want to see you hurting. Um, and they want to do everything they can to make you feel better and make you happy. Um, you know, but it's tough because even some, even something as, as benign as somebody asking, how are you, mm-hmm. you know, especially in the beginning days, it's like, well, 
how do you think I am? Like, I mean, how do you answer that question? Like, I, you know, you don't, I don't want to say, you know, I'm doing horrible, but I don't want to say I'm doing well. So, but I, but people mean well. So really what I found is that there are no words. There is really nothing that you can really do or say. The best thing that you can say is, you know, Hey, you know, I am so sorry for your loss. I know that there are no words. Just know that I love you and that I'm here for you in any way that you need. And really just allow that person to grieve. Oh, be there, hold their hands, hug them, let them talk or not talk. You know, don't try to say, hey, bro, you know what you need? You need to come out and have a beer with us or you need to come out and do this, you know, or, you know, saying something like, you know, ah, you know, he's in a better place or, uh, you know, at least you still have the other one, um, you know, things along those lines, you know, people. Um, but I do, you do have to extend grace because people, they mean well, um, but sometimes they just don't know exactly what to say, you know, in those moments. Yeah. yeah. I just love the perspective you've had, uh, you have in spite of it. Uh, in spite of everything you've been through. And that TED Talk you gave was amazing. I'm curious as to where people can hear from you from here on out. What What is the plan for the future? Because it seems like you have a message that can really resonate with people. Yeah, you know, I've been doing quite a bit of speaking. Um, so um, like next month, um, there's a bereaved parents conference uh, in Virginia um, and things like that. So I really do love to speak. Um, so if anybody's listening and they're looking for, you know, speakers for their, for, for their event, I, you know, that's one thing I truly love to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I am in the process of writing a book, um, which, which will speak about, you know, some of the actual steps and things that people can do, you know, practical examples of things that you can do, you know, to, to overcome grief or get through it. Um, um, and also you know, I, I, I've been reluctant, you know, until just recently to start, you know, going on social media and start sharing some of the things that I've been writing about. But I think I'm going to be start doing that really soon here as well. Um, so you'll, you'll start seeing me more on social media with things like that. Well, and the more we can see and hear from you and, and your uh, message to people who are grieving and just how your message of transforming grief has resonated with, with so many people have seen it already. And there's so many people who, you know, because somebody loses a loved one every day and they need help with that. And I am so thankful that your message is out there to help to help those who really need it and are looking for a way to kind of express express themselves without feeling guilty about it and without really knowing, you know, looking at those five stages and saying, well, I don't feel any of this right now. (laughs) And, and sometimes you feel all of it. You know, I remember there were days when I feel, I feel angry, depressed, you know, uh, shameful, guilty, you know, all in one day, you know, it wasn't like I went from stage to stage to stage. I've sometimes I felt all those things, you know, within the matter of a day. Um, but you know, I believe that I truly believe that we're, um, as humans, that we're always most powerfully positioned to serve the person that we once were. And, you know, each of us has a story that's unique to us. We've all learned lessons through those stories. Um, and I believe that if, if people can take the lessons that they learned and turn it around and help other people, um, that, you know, we're, we're all be doing the world, uh, you know, a great service by teaching other people what we've learned through, you know, our situation. So that's really ultimately what my goal is to do. Amen. Philip Cohen, 
out there helping people. Uh, we appreciate your time spending it with us here on Florida's Fourth Estate. And when you write that book, please uh, send us a link and I'll buy it on Amazon. All right. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Thank, well, thank you, you so much. much for having me. I really appreciate yeah. it. It's our pleasure. Appreciate you. Thank you. And thank you for watching. You can download Florida's Fourth Estate from wherever you listen to podcasts or watch anytime on News 6 Plus.